0: W.A.W. is football. Here's your host, Tim Lane. And welcome to Sunday footy. It is footy time. Footy pure and simple right now through until, well, six o'clock tonight, near enough when we'll have a winner in our broadcast match, which is between Carlton and West Coast. And uh, six or eight weeks ago, Uh, You wouldn't have bothered, I don't think. But uh, suddenly, it is a very tasty tidbit late in this 2019 season. We're here, of course, for McDonald's, bringing you 3AW football in 2019. And uh, a reminder, 24 Chicken McNuggets available for uh, for $9.95. And that offer available at Macca's after 10.30am. Carlton v. West Coast at 3.20. The game at the MCG, the early match well-developed, getting close to half-time. And Collingwood in control over Gold Coast after conceding the first couple of goals. Minor scare for Magpie fans, but they're in front by 28 points right now. The round will conclude with a big game at the Gabba between Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs. The Dogs are still in in the mix. But uh, they're going to have to win that game today, I would think, to stay any sort of live chance for a place in the finals. The usual Sunday team, Mick Warner and uh, Richo. Happy with the Tigers last night? Yes, I was, uh,
1: Tim. But that, that Sam Reed decision yesterday at the uh, Giants' stadium, really for the... Uh, I've got your disease, Richo, with the ladder predictors. And the Giants, they just won't go away. And if Richmond... West Coast or Brisbane stumble in the last three weeks and they've got some banana peel games. The Giants could finish top four because they've got a pretty good run home. So big decision yesterday late in that game.
2: Yeah, it was. And I I could tell you now, a few Richmond people would have been watching that game very closely, but you're right. uh, It's there for them to take now, the Giants. They can finish top four because their draw is the best of those uh, teams that you just mentioned, Mick. But I thought Richmond did what they had to last night. Melbourne played a... OK brand of footy early. They took the game on, but after halftime, they consolidated the Tigers with some good players to come back in. So they're well-placed, Tim.
0: We'll talk about that contentious moment. I just want to get to uh, Lingy and um, the Blues. I mean, this is a very big game for them, Lingy. If they win this, would it just about nail the coaching job down for David Teague? It's a really good question, Tim, and uh, and good afternoon to you and to all
3: of our listeners. Uh, we're watching Carlton play Collingwood out in the uh, in the VFL curtain raiser here, and it'd be hard to go past David Teague if they keep this sort of form up and keep winning, but I don't know, I, this is not breaking news, this is not a scoop or anything like that. I just heard from a very good source... Uh, which confirmed what my feeling was from a couple of weeks ago, that Michael Voss is number one in the queue for the Carlton job. And I would assume that's provided Alistair Clarkson doesn't do a huge about-face, and no doubt he will stick with his word and stick with the Hawks, but... I thought David Teague, uh, was, well, the job was nearly his, Tim, but when I heard this one from this particular person... So it's already across the line, well, is that what you're saying? that's what this person said to me, and I, I know we don't go oh. with just rumour and innuendo, but this is somebody who has his ear to the ground, and I felt Michael Voss' big chance going back two or three weeks ago. And this just probably confirmed that uh, Michael Voss is right there.
0: Carlton fans, what are you hearing on the grapevine? Nick Theodosi, Prestige Cars Open Line, 96900693 or 131332. Mick, what are you hearing at the offices of the Herald Sun? No,
1: I haven't heard that. And we have heard he's been interviewed a couple of times, yes. Vossi, and that Teague hasn't been interviewed at all. They want to put that off. So that's big news from you, Lingy, Lingy because... The Carlton fans love David T. Every one of them
2: you speak to, we want this guy as coach. So it's going to be a hard sell for the Blues if they go down that road. And that's the big problem when you put in a caretaker coach with so much of the season left and they go well then uh, you sort of backed yourself into the corner a little bit with your members, because your members just love winning games, and that's what Teague's doing.
3: Especially if today, this game, they knock off the reigning champs, and Liam Jones, unfortunately out, and Daisy Thomas, a, a late withdrawal, uh, Angus Schumacher, to make his debut for the Blues. If David Teague somehow manufactures a win out of today's game... Even well, even if it was next week, one of the yep. next two, if they win
2: one of the next two, Carlton... I, I, because they got Richmond next Sunday. Oh. How could you possibly not uh, give David Teague the oh, job? If, didn't,
3: if they knock off Richmond, he's just got the job.
2: But you know what I mean? They, they, of, these are top four teams they're playing in the next oh, two 100%. weeks. And if they win one of the next two, Teague has to get the this job. This
1: exact thing happened at the Swans when Paul Ruse got the job over Terry Wallace, who they appointed. I think he even got paid, Terry Wallace, to he do did, the job yep. that he never filled because... Player power and the fans said, "No, we want Roosie So, good story,
3: Lingy. Well, we'll see, Mick. Look at Mick <laughs> celebrating at
0: that uh, story. Here is a Carlton fan, Bruce, on the road. Welcome along, Bruce. What's your reaction to that little bit of speculation? Yeah, let me be the first to say that um, if they give the coaching to anybody other than David Teague, I'll be the first
2: one to rip up my membership.
0: But it's got to be Teague or nobody at this point in time. And what are you hearing? Is is that a view shared by many? That's a view shared by myself, um, Timmy um, that. I don't go out too much but uh, he's doing everything right, I and uh, they're gonna go with him. It's a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. Good on you, Bruce. Good to hear your thoughts. Nine six nine hundred six nine three or thirteen thirteen thirty two. 32 uh, Lingy, I want to talk to you about matters closer to your heart than the coaching job at Carlton and that is the Geelong Football Club. Given a belting late by Fremantle over at uh, Optus Stadium in the Twilight game yesterday. Now, since June 22, they've lost to Port Adelaide, the Bulldogs, Hawthorne and Fremantle. None of them in the eight. And their wins have been over Adelaide, St Kilda and Sydney. And Adelaide are the worst team in the eight, I think it's fair to say at the moment. That is the form of a team bottom half and middle ranking in the bottom half. Yep, that's fair, Tim. Absolutely.
3: Form-wise, uh, it is very, very worrying for the Cats. And I watched the first quarter intently yesterday and was very happy with what I saw. Playing some good footy, they're moving the ball well, scoring. And then the next three quarters were awful. They got they got badly outplayed. Even the matchups they went with, they tried to do a run with on Nat 5. They tried to match up on Michael Walters. Both of those players cut loose and... Geelong didn't even look like it. Couldn't get the ball inside 50. Couldn't defend Fremantle, who haven't been on fire at all this year. It was a bad loss. And I know uh, the topic of staying over in Perth yeah, for the ask. entire week was brought up. All right, and, and Chris
2: Scott uh, knocked it on the head. And he's got all the information available to him, as he said. But oh, we might listen to Chris Scott's grab, yeah.
3: Yeah, I do. I think it's a really superficial and cheap um, analysis to say well it was only a good idea if you win both of the games and even then we played pretty well in Sydney so again you open yourself up to those accusations um, no one's got more information than us
2: as a as a player Lingie, all I can say is that I would want to go home to my family during the week and just have my normal week um, you don't go to the Yarra Valley winery on a Wednesday for lunch, and I think they were down, some boys were down at Margaret River. I don't know, I just feel like you get into a bit of a holiday mode when you do those sort
3: well, of things. And it's fair, and, and Chris, to take Chris Scott's point, yeah, it, it doesn't make it only a success if they win both of those games, the Sydney game and the Fremantle game. It'll play out whether or not it's a success giving them a break, but I would have hated it. I personally, I, I would have. I'd sitting around like a hotel and just spending countless hours either playing cards or just sitting around talking a bit of nonsense, maybe going for a coffee, just eating far too much at the buffet, (laughs) I wouldn't have enjoyed that at all. But they're professional footballers, so they should get up for it. The The more worrying thing is what you just went through, Tim. That form line is really bad at the moment from the Cats, and I felt the second half at the SCG last week against the Swans was some signs of a build into the latter part of the season and finals, but... That got stuck well and truly in reverse in the three quarters yesterday.
1: There's no coach, I know we've got a lot of coach movement, there's no coach to me under more pressure than Chris Scott this September. He has to get, a you know, they have to go deep into it. And there's a bit of a sniff about Fremantle of 2015 about them. They were 16-2, and two, the Dockers, they finished on top. But you can just feel the pressure. They've been fighting the AFL about this home final. There's been a few other issues. They're very intense. And would you say, Ling, it's now or never for this group, given the age and the demographic?
3: Well, the only way they can silence everything that you're talking about, the finals form, which is fair, fair criticism, and this slump is out on the footy field. We could talk about it. We could say they've had a hard training block. They're going to taper. They're going to do this. It's a new squad, brought in place. blah, 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 blah. It's what they produce out on the football field And that needs to get rolling now Because you can't just turn it on first week of finals It's got to build into the finals
0: Plenty of Carlton supporters wanting to have their say On who should be coaching the club next year On the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line Thanks to Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars Bringing out the best for almost 50 years Uh, Michelle from Eden Park, you're first
4: Hi, Hi there I think we should stick with David T and just leave it the way it is. The the boys are doing just fine and Carlton just don't need another change.
2: You thank th- you, Michelle. Michelle, do you think though that you'd have to at least interview other candidates to see if there is someone better out
4: there? I think David T's proven himself the last six weeks. They're doing really well. I think he has proven himself.
0: He certainly made a good yep. fist of it in the limited opportunity he's been given, Michelle. Thank you. Joe from Fitzroy. Hey, guys,
1: uh, I agree with the, uh, my other fellow members there. I think we should uh, stick with T. He's done a fantastic job with the team. They're responding to him. And um, even the way he
0: structured the team, they're, they're playing for him. They're playing well.
2: What if, so could, what if you could get Clarkson? Would you still say that?
0: Uh, I doubt we we're going to get Clarkson, uh, Richo, so yeah. let's skip that one. OK. Have you got a plan B, Joe? beat no, just stick, okay. with stick with Teague Thank you, Mark from Hoppers Crossing Hello Yes, Mark Sorry. Do you want, do you want uh,
3: Teague, Teague or Voss, Mark? Teague
0: What is Colton, the
3: charity
1: club for all the loser coaches? Voss, <laughs> please, leave us all away okay. Teague, he's doing a good job Treat him like an old player Give him a just a year contract to see how he goes and if he goes good Extend the contract. Colton has done three big mistakes. Do not do mistake number four. Unless you get a big
0: fish like Clarkson, that's a different story. Mark, thank you for that. Tracy from Bentley, what about you? I uh,
1: definitely want to keep Teague and get rid of Mark LeJudice and Chris Judd
0: off the board. <laughs> okay Righto uh, R- 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 Linky, if, This is a big
1: story mate Because there will be rights if David T doesn't get this Wh- job well, if uh, if it, Particularly if it's Michael Voss Who let's face it, he failed at Brisbane yep. He has gone to Port Adelaide and worked on his
3: coaching But To pick him over Teague will be very hard sell for Carlton. And this is very enlightening, isn't it, to hear the number of callers calling in, and it is unanimous. They Mm. want David Teague. They don't want someone else. And, I mean, Clarkson's a different kettle of fish. They could change their
2: mind 6.30 tonight if they get (laughs) hammered.
3: This has (laughs) happened before in in history. As
2: you said with Paul Rose, it happened at Richmond with with Jeff Geeshen. And the members, they want their say and they want their man.
0: Let's get to Michael from Godford before a break. Godford, never heard of it. Where, where's that, Michael? No, Godford. is in New South Wales. Yeah, that's right, on the Central Coast. So I just want to quickly talk about the, my ladder
1: predictor. I did about three <laughs> weeks ago some interesting points. I've got Port Adelaide and Adelaide missing out. I've got Brisbane top two on percentages, and I've got Richmond missing, missing the top four by percentages. And uh, it's also interesting that if um, Geelong play Richmond uh, first week of the finals, first versus fourth, that they're going to have a lot of that conjecture in regards to whether or not uh,
0: Geelong's going to play at the MCG or their home ground at GMNBH. Yeah, yeah, well that's no. a point, but Chris Scott probably needs to be concentrating more on Geelong finishing one or two and having a home ground advantage option yeah, no, uh, I- than actually where it should happen in... You can't assume anything at the moment because no, they not and,
3: safe. No, and I'm fine with a little bit of debate through the middle of the season. You know, home finals should be played. But the reality is, you're playing Richmond or Collingwood in a fi- big final like that and Geelong finish higher than the ladder. It's It's at the MCG. So I think the mindset's got to be, wherever it is, you've just got to expect to turn
0: up and play your best and win the game. Don't Matt, worry about where it is. Mark or free kick to Sam Reid that wasn't paid could have huge ramifications because the Giants remain in the race for the top four. Um, had they lost that match, their chances would just about be gone. They have Hawthorne and the Western Bulldogs both at home and their only road trip is to the Gold Coast. So they're almost... Well, they're a lock to win those yep. three games and finish 15-7. and seven. The Dogs is not a given. And they have a very good percentage. Uh, Richmond, on the other hand, a game ahead of them, uh, a vastly inferior percentage, have Carlton, West Coast and Brisbane. And uh, they've got to win all three, Richo.
2: Yeah, no, they do. I think the Giants, that was huge yesterday. And... Absolutely huge result for them. In fact, the last two weeks, would they've scraped across the line. Was that a howler decision? I, I felt like he had enough of the ball for a mark. And
3: and if he didn't have enough he, of the ball to mark it, if he
2: didn't, he it, was pulled down. His arm it? was pulled down. It had to be a mark or then a free kick. And I agree uh, uh, with John Longmire on that. If it was in the first quarter, do you reckon he'd pay it? Yeah. Yes. I, it just, well, I felt it should have been your, paid regardless. Your instinct was he clamped that ball. He yep. had enough of it, and his arm was reefed down.
0: The AFL were very quick to come out with a view of the Scott Thompson-Oscar McInerney yep. incident at the Gabba. That was, what, two weeks ago? Yep. And they declared that an umpiring error. Uh, they haven't been so quick to respond. We did <laughs> seek a reaction. We uh, asked for Hayden Kennedy, the umpire's coach. Uh, we haven't got him, and we haven't got a reaction.
3: And, and I love the way they. It, it was the wrong decision, the Scott Thompson one. Jumped on it straight away and said that was an incorrect decision, it was a mistake. And it took all the wind out of it. And we're yeah. like, okay, fair enough. A blue was made. Let's let's move on. And talk about something else. Right now, I don't know if that Sam Reed one was a mark, it was a free kick, or it was a play on. I'd like well, some well, it's just clarification. A,
2: it's just as big a decision as the Scott Thompson one. In fact, it's a lot bigger because of the ramifications of the finals or not. So I don't know why they don't come out and tell us if it was right or wrong. And you know what, Tim? Just looking at your ladder that you have done there, you've <laughs> done your own predictor. You might be better finishing fifth if you're the Giants or Richmond, because the team that finishes eighth is going to be a fair bit weaker than Um, the rest of the finals teams.
3: You've got to play the extra week. Well, you get on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon given Richmond's record at the MCG, finishing fourth and taking on the Cats at the G, it's probably not a bad result. You'd take that.
0: (laughs) Take a break, and uh, as we go to the break, let's hear John Longmire on that Mark or free kick. Not paid Sydney's way in the last seconds of the game at Giants Stadium last night. Back with more shortly.
3: Yeah, look I don't I don't know whether Reedy got grabbed in the in the marking contest or not. Who knows? The latest and the greatest—that's top of the chart stuff, isn't it? That's Picket uh, Palace. That's Picket Palace. Remember the Anthony
2: McDonald Tip and Woody song, which went viral about a month ago. Well, they've gone the biggest of the big now. This is <laughs> the their, richo man. This is their new single yeah? <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: does, how does Rex feel about this? I mean, <laughs> he was the original and the
2: best. <laughs> he was. No, that boy did a, a good job. It was very. Uh, Humbling that they uh, wrote a song about me.
3: You were playing tambourine
0: in it, or something like that. Played right?
2: a bit of tambourine. Lincoln. Yeah,
3: okay. Could it's you keep the beat?
2: Not really.
0: <laughs> Sunday roast time on 3AW Football nine six nine hundred six nine three or 13-13-32 to uh, take a slice out of it, and we do have some uh, footy cards to give away to the caller judged by Mick Warner to be the day's mm. best, nine six nine hundred six nine three or 131332, and that means, Mick, that you're leading us away. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to start with a roast, and that is to names
1: and numbers on the back of Test Cricket shirts. In terms of cultural vandalism, this is up there with the 18-metre goal square, and it, should, it deserves to go into the same place that that did, and that is in the bin. Very sorry to see that. Uh, interested in your thoughts, actually, Tim, as a cricket man.
0: Well, look, I'll fire up next because I'm on the cricket Excellent. theme as well. Totally with you. And Absolutely. I've
1: got a suite for Frankie, the Carlton fan, who we all know was evicted from Marvel Stadium six weeks ago for calling an umpire a bald-headed flog. We all know the story there. And then the story grew. It had legs. Uh, suddenly, he he was accused of running like a lunatic across two bays of seats to get to the umpire. He'd never felt more intimidated The AFL briefed the Age newspaper who wrote that as fact and then Gillan McLaughlin himself repeated it over and over again. The only problem was it wasn't true. Frankie never left his seat. So my sweetest to Frankie who took them on, just a little footy fan. He engaged lawyers and the AFL wrote a legal letter to his lawyers during the week conceding that he'd never left his seat. And he never ran across two bays like a psychopath to get to umpire Nichols. So well done. Frankie, David, one, Goliath, nil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Double roast from uh, Mick Warner, who is a Goliath of the football media. Um, Look, I'm a real fan of Graham Corns. Uh, I like his independence of thought. Uh, I like his innate intelligence. But I totally disagreed with him the other morning after Steve Smith had made his magnificent century. Cornsy tweeted... Sometimes ill conceived deci- decisions have to be reversed. Reinstate his captaincy now. He served a significant band, paid his penance, and emerged with dignity intact. Now, how is that one innings, albeit a great one, how is it that it provides such certainty that Smith has overcome the character flaw? And that's what it was that brought the hefty punishment in the first place. This is the same attitude that prompts terrible recruiting decisions when a flawed opponent plays one very good game against your club or a caretaker coach racks up three or four wins so you hastily get his signature on a contract. And imagine how we'd look in the eyes of the world if we suddenly announced that Smith is batting so well he's erased the sin that brought such contempt and embarrassment upon Australian cricket.
1: Fair enough, but he will be captain again one day, Tim, and you're going to have to get used to that. In fact, last night he was changing the field. I don't know if you saw the footage. He's at first slip and just subtly moving the field around. It's his team, and he'll get it back, but I agree with you. Is it right that he has 12 months before he's allowed to have a leadership? Yep. yep. I think once that 12 months is up, he'll, he'll be captain. We'll Hurry see. On.
0: We'll see. I mean, he has had the greatest incentive of any player ever to go out... And perform as he has done. Uh, he's, a, he's a superb player, he's the best batsman in the world. But this was one off. I mean, this was this was his re-entry. Yeah. Yep. And he's this was his redemption back. song.
2: Yep. yep. Yeah. Well said. Tim. I think I think he does deserve to get it back at some stage, and he'll get another hundred tonight. I've just oh, got a feeling. <laughs> Steve Smith. So. Make
3: it interesting. Um,
2: I'm going to give a quick uh, sweep to Shane McInerney. Unbelievable. He started umpiring in 1994, and he is still going. 500th game last night. So you would think that we would know who this man is. He's umpired 500 games. So my roast is to my colleague uh, at Channel 7, Luke Darcy, who called him Steve, and then Simon, before finally getting it right and calling him Shane. And Darcy actually debuted in 1994, the same year as Shane, so he should know him. So a light-hearted roast for Darcy getting Shane McInerney's name wrong.
0: No, that's a full-on roast, Richo. There's no backing away <laughs> from it, and we're, we're, we're only permitting your sweet. Like yeah. Sweeting umpires is normally very much against the rules. Oh, no. but, but it's a uh, pretty
2: good effort, isn't it? Because of the oh, barb on the end
0: of it to one of your colleagues. Lingy? I'm going
3: to sweet uh, a bloke who's, I think, sitting up at the back of the 3RW commentary box uh, now, and we'll be joining the call shortly, uh, together with Tim, to call today's game. Tony Leonard. Did I hear a little whisper and read a little snippet? And he's never told us this, that Tony Leonard... Has actually performed in the grand final pre-game entertainment. We've had Lionel Richie. you were with, going
0: to say the sprint for a second. <laughs> we've
3: had meatloaf. well, not so good with Meatloaf. Some of the biggest names going around, Angry Anderson, but Tony Leonard has performed in the pre-game grand what, yeah, final in 1987.
2: Entertainment. I think it was.
3: Like, I think yeah, it was around then. Yeah, what I reckon seen? he. I reckon
2: he would have been as bad as the life what as
3: well. What was he singing? Thingy? Well, the way he belts out the GWS theme song, I reckon he's got a
0: bloody good voice. So. Tone, sweet for you. Uh, Magnificent. It could have been performed back in the late 80s, I reckon. And, uh, yes, (laughs) superb. Uh, Max from West Meadows is at the head of the queue here. We've got plenty of callers. Go ahead, Max. Hey Tim. Yeah, roast to uh, the uh, Sammy Reid. Not paid a mark or not uh, paid a free kick for that. But that's typical. That's uh, normal. We have always get that, uh, the Swans. Just look at the 2016 grand final. We got the rough end of the pineapple that time. Righto, Max. And uh, yeah, they don't go away those ones. John from Brighton. Oh, good afternoon, uh, Tim and crew. I, my roast and sweet is based on the uh, game last night uh, between St Kilda and Adelaide, and St Kilda going into the game with what I thought was possibly the best opportunity to win, uh, not only with the disharmony of Adelaide, but on the back of um, Brett Bratton's two wins for not having my roast is at the St Kilda Footy Club for not having one at Adelaide. For the last nine years, and the anguish and the pain that causes me as a St Kilda supporter, and my suite is actually for Eddie Betts and the uh, the dignity and the the grace of the way he handled his drop uh, dropping of the, from the team, and then coming back and and just the way he played last night. I mean, kicking three goals. I mean, he's just a, a superstar. Eddie Betts. Good stuff, John. Well done, Ben from Mooney Ponds. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Um, I had a suite for North Melbourne's, uh, or North Melbourne Football Club for their handling and appointment of Reese Shaw. Um, yes, it was unconventional or different from the way recruitment process, processes have been done in the past. And I think Reese
4: was the only one, um, uh, interviewed, but they genuinely think that they've got their man and Friday's performance was the first in
0: hopefully a, um, yeah, a long successful coaching career for Reese. Well, he's going so well, he even avoided that curse of the extended coach. Ben, it's uh, knocked a few down in the uh, years that have uh, gone before it. Um, North Melbourne, while were on them, they had their uh, big dinner last night, nine of their top ten players in history. Wayne Carey came out number one. Lingy, you've got them in front of you.
3: I've got it. Wayne Carey at one. Not a surprise. Number two was Keith Gregg, David Dench, Alan Aylett, Brent Harvey, Malcolm Blight at six, Tim. Ooh. I want to get your thoughts on that. He won't be happy. Wayne Schimmelbush at seven. Les Foot at eight. Anthony Stevens and Ross Glendening rounding out the top ten. Would Blythe just be a little bit peeved at only coming in at six? He
0: might well be. <laughs> I reckon by the objective measure of the fact that he's a legend in the Hall of Fame, there are only 30, is it, at the moment in history yep. or ever mm, so slightly that. above, yeah. and he is one of them. Um, I'd have thought that probably earned something a bit higher, but North have made a... An independent call, but his
2: his legend status in the hall of fame would include all his SNFL footy. Yes, it yeah. would. That's
0: true. And so coaching. Then, yep.
2: Yeah, and coaching perhaps. Oh no, uh, or is
0: it? No, it you should, only go in as one, one or the other.
2: Yeah. He would. He went in for his playing, but he obviously his SNFL came in. Oh,
0: I'll, I'll
3: put you people. on the spot here, Tim. Keith Gregg versus Malcolm Blight.
0: <sighs> I think Malcolm Blight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We rate Brownlow medals very, very highly, of course, don't we? And I suppose we should. I mean, it, it, it is the the most sort of used objective measure that honour. there is in such things. But then he won two in a row. Peter Moore, uh, won two and it took him actually a long time to get into the hall of fame. He, he, um, I was on the committee when he came in and I must admit, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't in, uh, when I joined the committee, but, uh, after a little while he did, uh, go in. So being a dual Brownlow medalist doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, Blighty won one and he was an absolutely magnificent player, and, of course, he made other contributions, as Richo points out. Let's push on. Spiro from Caulfield. Yeah, hi, Tim. How are you? Roast to you. Last yes. week you said the blue and white army were up and about when Carlton beat Adelaide. There is no white in the Carlton <laughs> uniform. Come on, Tim. It's yeah. just the monogram is white. <laughs> it's dark, navy blue. Stop confusing Carlton with Geelong. And North Melbourne play. Spiro, you're absolutely (laughs) right. It was one of those things, I just looked around and I could see blue and white everywhere and the words tripped off the tongue, but uh, you've got me on that. Can't argue. (laughs) Mick Warner liked it too, you might win. Glenn from Berwick. Yeah, g'day guys, how you going? Good, Glenn. I've got a sweat in the race. My sweat is for the band Picket Plate, for the great song of the great man, Richo. Good on you, Glennie. my roast is also the figured
3: place, and now I can't get the bloody song out of the head. It's a catchy song. It's a good song, yeah. yeah. I hope the poor... I hope. Did
2: you download it, Glenn?
0: <laughs> I've done it already, buddy.
2: Good on you, mate.
0: <laughs> Mick, you're under pressure. Tommy from Roeville. G'day, lads. I've got a uh, roast in a sweet. The roast is at DRS in Alumdar. Fair dinkum. I thought it was brought in to, bring it, to get out the howlers. <laughs> they cannot get anything right. They're either wrong or they're right, and they're right and they're wrong. And they're sweet. It was when Tony Leonard commentates about an Essendon game and he talks about the Royal Oak having to bring out plastic pots <laughs> because they're getting beat. It's fair to it reminds me of the old days when I used to drink down a Paran and that's what it used to be like. I'll tell right now. When they were getting beat, you turn around yeah. and there wasn't any glasses or or, uh. or jugs going around anymore. All these plastic-looking crap come out. Those <laughs> days, <laughs> stay with us, Tommy. He went to the Royal on the way home last night and he'll have a full update very shortly. Max from Williamstown, you're our last caller. Yeah, I've got a big sweep for Xavier Dursma. Let him express himself with the bow and arrow. It's fantastic to see. I've got two young kids who've been driving me nuts all morning, kicking balloons in the corridor. Shooting bow and arrows,
2: that, that's it's fantastic. <laughs> Let them express themselves. Yeah, oh, well said. Call, well Max. said, Max. I, I was rapt when he did that yesterday. Kenny Higley was too. Max. Kenny loved it and he's a good player, isn't he? G is as well.
0: Just so long as they don't become Port Adelaide supporters. Mick, give us a winner quick. <laughs> well, I was gonna go with John for his call about the Saints and Eddie Beth, but Max,
1: you've made a divine Madonna like run there at the end and that Xavier dursma thing. It was beautiful. Great shot for goal. So, Max, you're our winner. Hold the
0: line, Max. Have a word with our producer. Uh, around the grounds, halftime, Collingwood lead Gold Coast 10-6, 66-5, 2 Magpies by 34. And even better news for Collingwood fans, in the curtain raiser here in the VFL, Collingwood beat Carlton 12-13, 85-5, 7-37. Carlton's uh, coaching assistant and injured player, Sam Dockett is going to join us straight after this on 3AW Football, coming to you for McDonald's
3: And the Big H finishes with the
2: footy
0: and wins game number three under David Teague and I'll tell you what put the training wheels in the bin he's the real deal <laughs> Siren roar hope Carlton
2: by 27 at the MCG we've been through a lot of a lot of tough times the last two years and, and wins have been too far between and uh, I think all the boys just love and playing footy again and uh, we're rocking up Monday with a big smile on our face and um, the, the week's a lot funner when you win so to win three on the, on the trot I think five out of the last seven uh, the group's got some real momentum to, to finish the season off strong
3: We go out there every week to play to win and we think we've got a team that if we play our best we can win
0: um, and we're going to come up against good opposition that are going to challenge us and that's, that's going to be what we face and uh, what we look forward to face Yes, the Blues are on a magical roll right now. Five out of seven in a total reversal, and the two they've lost, they have lost by a kick. We're joined by Sam Doherty, who uh, again this year, due to uh, a knee that's let him down, it's uh, he's an onlooker and uh, he's working on the Carlton bench. Sam, good to have you with us. Uh, as a Carlton supporter, I've been telling all my friends that this is the acid test for the reigning premiers, the Eagles, but I guess the truth is it is an acid test for Carlton.
4: Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. First of all, but no, it's 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 a big game for us. We get to we get to come up against last year's premio, which is a bit of a yardstick of the competition. So um, we're pretty excited about our form that we've had over the last seven weeks and what would st- should stack up well against them today.
3: Sammy, we'll uh, we'll get to the game in two seconds. Just can you give the Carlton fans out there a bit of an update update on how you're progressing? How's the knee feeling at the moment?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's going really well. I, um, I'm ahead of all markers that I should be, but um, unfortunately we put a line through me playing for the year a, a bit of a while ago when we weren't going too well. So um, progressing really well um, in my running and my training and hopefully be able to sneak into training in the back end of the, the season for the last couple of weeks to give the boys a bit of a jump. Um, but we, we're going really well. It's feeling really well. I'm really confident in what I'm doing and really confident in the program we got set.
3: Oh, that's great news. Great to hear. I know uh, everyone's looking forward to seeing you back out there on the footy field. Can you tell us why is it turned around so much? What is it about David Teague? And I know you hear players are freed up and everything like that, but can you put your finger on exactly what's turned things around so much?
4: Well, I'd love to know exactly what it is because it would be a good blueprint for anyone that gets stuck in this position in the future. But no, what he has done well is he's just really instilled a lot of belief and confidence in the group that we've got and the talent that we've got in inside the four wall, inside the four walls and the ability that we can play if we play our roles as a team and our roles collectively together we're a hard team to match up against and that's a fair bit the same commentary I've heard is around freeing us up, there's been subtle changes in our game plan in terms of opening up our ball movement but there hasn't been too much drastically changed, I think we've just got a lot of confidence and a lot of um, a lot of confidence what we're doing as a, as a group and that's showing out in the football field.
2: Sam, what do you think is more important in a senior coach? Is it building relationships now with all of the players on an individual level or is it the tactical now side of things?
4: Uh, I, I think today's footy is going towards, uh, it's probably part of the generation that's coming through and I don't even know if I'm part of that but um, the, the relationship piece is a, is a massive thing in today's footy in terms of ability to not only sort of get to know your players but allow your staff to work really well and that's probably where the football is progressing at the moment you, you still do have to have a good tactical nows for the game but I feel like most people that get into the position of near senior coaching have that um, in spades so um, the, the, the thing that sets the, the really good ones apart is their ability to, to, to build really good relationships with their players and, and understand how to get the best out of each one of them
2: and do you see David Teague being that person a, a good relationship builder?
4: Yeah, yeah, he's been, and, and that's probably been well documented in, inside the, in the media through basically anyone that comes out of our footy club at the moment. He's 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 done a really good job, but as a, as an assistant beforehand taking over, and he, he to be honest, he hasn't changed one bit from the start of the year to now. So, sort of still talk, still feels like you're talking to your assistant, but that's because he's he's been able to keep his uh, personality the exact same, which is which is his character, and he, he's doing a really good job, and. Um, I've got to pump him I've got to stop pumping him up too much because he's too close to me at the moment <laughs> so <laughs> no, he's going really well
2: just one on the game today Liam Jones out he's a big out he helps you keep that structure in your defense and you're going up against probably the best one 2 punch in the comp today how do you restructure things with Jones out
4: yeah obviously that it's pretty tragic what's happened with Jones's family so um, we're, we're all in behind him but um, today the, the sad thing about footy, it's, it does roll on and he wasn't able to, to come to the game today but we've, um, we're, we're really confident in our back line at the moment. We've, Weeders has been in unbelievable form for the whole year so that's sort of just he just rolls over and he'll take one of them I won't, I won't give it away on air who he's going to take but then we've uh, we got, we got Hugh we Goddard so in, in, the, in the tragic events of what's happened it, it does present an opportunity for Hugh to come back in after the fracture in his cheekbone so he didn't get a good run at it last time so he comes in today and he'll take one of the tours and we've got uh, Lockie Plowman who's been playing a, a sort of tall and small role throughout the year so that's that's probably our thir- three tools and then obviously with the with the late change we've got Sh- cheey's come in for Daisy so um, his ability he's got the same ability as play a bit of a tall and small so we've got we've got a few options to see what works and what matchups fall our way Sam not to knock Brendan Bolton but
0: uh, a
1: lot of the older guys appear to really have uh, lifted uh, since the since David took over, Mark Murphy and Simpson and Dale Thomas talk of another contract cruiser.
4: Um, can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, I think a, a few of them have more just been positional changes more than anything. I think Sim, Sim, Simo and Daisy were, were playing reasonable footy under under Bolts, and, and more or less just the the form lines have continued to go up and down throughout the year through them. But but there's been a, a big stru- a structural change in terms of uh, Murph and Ed Kerno both going and and playing mostly on ball. So. Um, you put someone in the centre of the ground, two really good midfielders, they're, they're obviously their numbers is, is going to go up. So that's been one of the changes that's been made. Um, we've run less guys through the middle of the ground, and um, Murph and Ed are two of our fitter players in the team. So um, they've gone in there, and um, that's sort of helped us structure up a little bit more and, and be a bit more competitive around the ball, which, is, which has gone in a good stead to get us the ball going forward in our way and been able to lock it in our half.
0: Injured Blue Sam Doherty is our guest on 3RW Football Preview. We're half an hour from the first bounce at Marvel Stadium. The Blues going in against the reigning premiers, the Eagles. Uh, Levi Casbolt seemed to uh, find some confidence playing down the back a few weeks ago. Uh, Sam, you, you wouldn't throw him back again today against those tall Eagle forwards?
4: I read an article that um, they're calling him the unicorn, the, the <laughs> ability to play all three positions. Uh, well, we've got that ability to change things up, whatever we need to do in the game it, it, He'll play his normal role that he's been playing the last few weeks, which he's done really well as, as that, that second ruck and forward. But, again, if, if things don't work out the way we want in the back line, we've always got him with the ability to play in the back line now to go straight back down there and swap things around. So um, he's, he is, he's, he's very handy having a team because you can put him anywhere. And, to be honest, this year, everywhere we put him, he's just done his role unbelievably well. So um, full confidence that whatever we do with him throughout the day, he'll uh, he'll get it done.
0: Sitting on the bench you've had a pretty good chance to appraise Sam Walsh in his debut season. We actually had Port Adelaide here yesterday and uh, we saw Connor Rosie and over in Adelaide they're mounting a case that uh, he will be the, the better of these brilliant two first year players but uh, some, some insights on Sam as you've got to know him both as a young bloke and a footballer
4: Yeah, Walsh well, he's had an unbelievable year. I don't think I've seen any first year do what he's done throughout the year and that's not um, being disrespectful towards any of the other first years out there but his ability to, to stay consistent through the year having done that in, in seasons is extremely hard and to come out and do that straight off the bat is is unbelievably well but the thing that sort of I've sort of noticed with him and it, it was from day one his training habits and his ability to prepare himself and work as hard as he can off the field really puts him in good stead for on game day so he probably trains harder than what he actually plays so uh, when he comes out here he's probably finding it a bit easier than what he does at training but no, he's, a, he's an unbelievable talent, he's an unbelievable kid, he's got leadership traits going um, as well, so complete package and I'm, I'm bloody glad, glad we picked him and pick one, I'll tell you that much.
3: Yeah, he's certainly having an amazing season, you're right Sam. Uh, with your role, given uh, you are uh, coaching on the boundary and, uh, and taking part in that coaching while you're doing your recovery, do you get involved in any of the... Uh, off-field list management type uh, decisions as well as as captain. Uh, you know, you hear the reports around Steve Cornelio and that. Do you have any say there and uh, try and push the club in a certain direction?
4: No, not really, to be honest. We, we sort of we, we chat to the list managers and stuff that just normally, as, as most players would do, trying to find more out off them about what we're trying to do than anything else. But, nah, from a, from a point of view, I, I, I really trusted our, our guys that we've got in that space, Mick Agresta and, and Steve Savani, that They've got the, the best intentions and, and the great understanding of where our football club is at and what needs we need on our list, and I just back them in to get the job done. And, and that's that's part of, in terms of, if you link it back to a footy terminology, it's that's their role to play on in this footy club, and my role is more of the footballing and the people that we've got at the club. So um, full confidence that they'll be able to make the right decisions moving forward.
0: Well, we better let you get away, Sam. Just to find one. I mean, you are stepping up to the top of the class today. Uh, playing the, the premiers and uh, they are a unique team with those powerful forwards and uh, a very capable midfield. Of course, Carlton fans driving to the ground. What uh, what are they entitled to uh, hope for today?
4: Oh, we just want to put a, a have a really good pressure game. So our ability to put them under the pump and um, shut down their uncontested game. Um, I think anyone that's watched them through the throughout the year is there, if they get marks and they they're allowed to chip the ball around and play their way then. They play well, but our ability to get into a contested game, pressure game football, um, would suit us a hell of a lot better. And if we can do that and and leave that ball in in our front half for most of the game, that should go a long way to winning the game.
0: Well, good luck to you and the Blues, and uh, also to you and your rehab uh, coming back from a, a second major
4: knee injury. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Sam Doherty down on the boundary. The Blues have been out doing their warm-up as we were speaking. We forget how
1: good a player he is, too, yeah. having missed those two years. And if the Blues are coming back, what a great player mm. to throw in round one next year. What and an unbelievable
2: person, though. Oh, yeah, Sam, coach and waiting, I think. Yeah, he's,
3: yeah. He's, how impressive is he? Yeah. And they are the, the playing group and the you are in good hands when you think of him him and Cripps, and what Cripps, is, the standard that he's managed to maintain this year, despite a bad year from the club and all the turmoil around Brendan Bolton, Cripps has just kept on going, and you got Sam Doherty there doing it as well. They've got some terrific young leaders. It'll just be interesting to see how they all go under Voss, who you've anointed as their coach. Oh, yeah. for <laughs> yes. <this year>. It's <laughs> going
2: to be interesting, That just over at the MCG, Collingwood leading 92 oh. to Gold Coast 38, but... Talking of young stars, Ben King's kicked another three goals for the Suns. So they've only kicked oh, six. Oh, and Howell. Jeremy House just taken another. He's dropped that one. Oh, he's dropped, dropped another it. car. Oh, gee, but Jesus, a fair
3: piece of that, that King, King brothers uh, are going to be good, Saint aren't Kilda
2: they? St Kilda
1: are that hard into Ben King. Yeah. That
3: it's match matching up with big bro- uh, for twin Coast. brother Max. That's uh, a
2: worry, isn't it? Yep.
3: J- just to follow up a. R. 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 Uh, our fairly unanimous uh, bunch of phone calls about David Teague, a text from a friend of ours, Richo, who we um, work with at Seven, who's a cult yep. man. If they can't get Clarko and they give it to Voss, I'll rip up my membership. So oh. there's a fair bit of feeling that oh, yeah. they want David Teague with it. I-
0: don't use microwaves, at Carlton. We're <laughs> slow cookers. A genuine quality cooking.
1: Well, you did say we know what you're cooking 10 years ago, so it is a slow cook, Tim.
0: We'll hey, I've got, I've got an updated uh, pointy end of the season ladder. I think I might have introduced this Saturday last mm. weekend. This is the ladder based on performance since round 12. So the second half... ...of the season, which I believe is the true ladder. I'm not sure I want to hear it, Tim. And Carlton and West Coast are playing today for a place in the top four. <laughs> Brisbane are on top. They've got a game in hand. They're 6-1. And, and they have the best percentage of anyone since round 12. 138.6. Richmond and Essendon are 6-2. and two. Essendon's percentage in that time under 100. So they've been falling over the line. And uh, a couple of losses have been reasonably heavy. And then you've got Carlton... West Coast and the Bulldogs, all on five and two, and the Bulldogs play the uh, Brisbane Lions in the last game of the round. So, a couple of heavyweight clashes with major ramifications for so the, the state of things ladder. on the yeah. pointy end ladder. Pointy
3: you still haven't said Geelong yet.
0: Tim. Well, you it's get a long down to Geelong, down. Geelong are four and four. North of four and four. So are Adelaide, you're only going as well as the oh, Crows, Lingy. and uh, and GWS are four and four, also with a percentage of uh, under a hundred.
3: Mm.
0: So what you're the, saying the is the Lions.
3: Richmond are going to win the premiership the Lions v the Tigers Battle for the king of the jungle <laughs> Looking I'll,
0: a little that way at the moment But ju- just watch the winner of today's game That's yeah. all I can say
3: <laughs> Or the doggies uh, could bounce
2: up a bit as well
0: <laughs> Who's favourite for the flag? Lincoln, I think West Coast
2: a, Officially with the bookies it's Richmond yeah, I think West Coast should be favourites.
3: It's feeling like it's Richmond West Coast at the moment on form. The where the home finals probably will land, uh, and that's riding all the way through to the grand final. And we've already touched along. We've got to get their act together. I think the Giants are dangerous, but not. Uh, they don't seem to put it all together. And but the 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 one that's still sitting there is the Brisbane Lions and the unknown of how are they going to handle finals. It's been so long. But they might not care. They might just throw caution to the wind. And like Richmond did and like the Western Bulldogs did in 2017 and 2016, they might just turn it on in finals. That's the unknown of this season. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big game.
2: I mean, if West Coast win today, and you think that they should on on, uh,
3: the capacity
2: that they have, um, there's a game in two weeks at the MCG, Richmond and West Coast, and that's going to tell us a fair bit, I think, isn't it? course, brisbane preview. have got a bit
0: of X factor.
2: They do. There's a yeah. little bit
0: of Clarko in their coach. <laughs> Hasn't so he done know. a good job? Has isn't he
3: proven You I, get that you get that perfect appointment as your coach, oh. and things just fall
2: into line beautifully. Well, Sam Doherty just talked about relationships and you, you know the coach having to build them with all the players. I heard that. On a Tuesday, Chris Fagan, every week, rings every single player on the list and has a chat That's to them. That's incredible. So not just his top few no, or no, his AFL ev- players? Every player Sorry, on the too. list.
1: Well, there's also a bit of Lee Matthews in him as well, Tim, because we hear that Lee and Chris have a you know chat every now and then. Br- Lee's on the board. They've got a great setup, up Brisbane. And as I say, an hour up the road, Gold Coast Suns. Yep. Just look at the model that works. And Gold Coast are about to lose their 15th game. In a row.
3: And to think that Sam Doherty, the man we just spoke to, was part of that come home group from the Lions, and it looked like no one wanted to play at the Lions. They were in a world of hurt, but you get yep. those right few people in there. Yep. And they're not just finals bound, they could be premiership bound.
0: Elliot Yeo's another one. I think he's playing his 150th yep, yeah. here in front of us this afternoon. Match time is just over 20 minutes away. Jack Majacek has... Brody Majacek has just kicked a goal for Collingwood of the Magpies. Lead by 10 goals at the MCG. And maybe... It- They are recapturing a bit of
2: form and confidence. Bit of important percentage building too, in case it comes down to a top four percentage.
0: Take a break. Come back with Nick Warner's three big stories of the week ahead on 3AW Football, brought to you from Marvel Stadium by McDonald's. Eventually Yo gets clear, he drives it long and he kicks an absolutely stunning goal. Yo running back onto an inside 50. He taps it to his
2: own advantage. And now he'll go and get it in goal. Fantastic play, Elliot. Yo.
0: Play they didn't want it. Yo! Oh. Goal! What a mark there by Yo! He has got potential superstar written all over him. Darling crumbs a pack, the goal unguarded, he sits it up for Yippie! Elliot Yo playing his 150th game today. I would think reasonably even, evenly divided between West Coast and uh, Brisbane, where he actually started his career, but playing fine footy for the West Coast Eagles right now. Well, it's been an eventful pre-match so far. Lingy has told us uh, who he believes will be coaching Carlton next year. Uh, we've had a call from Carlton, and they've told us that uh, their debutante today is uh, named Shoemaker. Shoemaker. Not Shoemaker or Shoemaker, but Shoemaker as in the old Australian jockey of many years ago, Mel Shoemaker. And I've been giving my colleagues a little lesson in racing history which I'm ill-equipped for but uh, Mel Shoemaker got rubbed out for 10 years for pulling the leg of a rival jockey in an AJC derby I think back in 1961 it might have been but Mick, what are the headline is going to be in the week ahead apart from Lingy's blockbuster oh, no. <laughs> will, that will
1: be in the news no doubt but I think Melbourne who have escaped a lot of scrutiny because we all accepted the injuries in the pre-season but one thing that jumped out at me last week Lingy was Nathan Jones appearing to be in some sort of contract dispute with his club. Now he's the captain, and I I just thought, well, can you imagine a Trent Cochin or a Joel with this playing out so publicly? The news was that he'd been offered a one year deal, and even the exact amount of money, $265,000, had been suggested, which he'd rejected. That's uh, potential to be uncomfortable, I would have thought, when you very. your captain, co captain, is. Not sure
3: where he sits, and maybe they're not sure where he sits. Oh, there's a it's it's a bit of a mess at the moment, at the Ds. I mean, watching some of the players who you saw last year play such wonderful football in the form that they're in now, and shake your head and go, that's not the same player. And then that stuff with Nathan Jones, who's been the heart and soul of the team through some horrible years, mm. and now playing out publicly, yeah, they're all over the shop. And there's no guarantee. I think we we're all hesitant to jump so hard on Melbourne with the year they're having because you just assume they're going to go rocketing back up the ladder next year with a good pre-season, fix up a few things. There is no guarantees that they go back and they're a top four type team. It's a long, long road back to preliminary final weekend and they've got a heap of things to fix. And right now, it's a bit of a mess.
1: Rich, I reckon another story is Richmond and their selection quandaries. Uh, Soldo's been pretty good, but as he goes straight out, For Nan Kurvis and you got guys like Stack Cotchen and and maybe Ross to come back. What do they do with Chole and Butler and these type
2: of guys? Well... Start with Soldo. I think the Ruck situation might depend on who the opposition Ruckman is. If they're one of the taller Ruckmen, they might continue with Soldo. Um, But if it's a more... Over Nan Kurvis. Yeah, I think Damien Hardwick said that during the week. I'm pretty sure he said it at uh, his training press conference, so... I don't think it means Soldo just automatically goes out. I think he's been pretty good. He gets his hand to it, which had been an issue for Richmond over the last few years. Stack definitely comes straight back in. And Cochin, Cochin definitely yep. comes straight back in. And I know that they really rate Jack Ross, who played five games earlier in the year. He's a pure ball winner in the middle of the ground, can win clearances, and he's hard. So he may be a chance to come in as well.
1: And I think the AFL will let us know the exact rules uh, or clarify their position on home finals this week or in the f- next couple of weeks. That will be interesting for Geelong, who are now oh, not guaranteed of no. finishing first. But you think even if they finish first and the Giants fourth, it'll still be played at the MCG.
3: And if that's the case, they've just got to get on with beating whoever they're playing, wherever they're playing, and uh, ultimately... Ultimately, if you're going to win the whole thing, you've got to win at the MCG. So there's no yeah. point uh, stressing about all those things you can't control. Get on I with I find it
2: staggering, though, that they wouldn't play the Giants at uh, Geelong. The Giants don't yeah. have any supporters. No, I know.
1: Um but the biggest news, clearly, of the week will be Michael Voss coaching Carlton. That's, uh, <laughs> well,
3: the, that's a block. Well, not if people power spoke. They, there were phone calls coming in. There were texts coming to us. <laughs> it, they want David Teague. Lingy uh, just
0: Must uh, be a good source. wants to get his name in the paper. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> if, it, if it proves to be correct, you watch me uh, <laughs> claim it all then. <laughs> this spruik. Supplementary story for you to chase, Mick. Mm. Do the football department at the AFL believe it was the correct decision at Giants Stadium in the last minute last night or not? Because we're still in the dark. Well, going by their form, though, will tell us tomorrow, won't they? Why not today?
3: Wow,
2: oh, Sunday. That was yeah, a, uh, football season. Had had footies to, played on Sunday. Had to be a free kick or mark to Sam Reed. It couldn't be neither.
0: Yeah have sorted one thing out for you. I said, I thought Elliot Yeo's games were reasonably evenly divided between West Coast and Brisbane. Yes, 27 games with Brisbane and 122 (laughs) with West Coast for 149. We absolutely nailed that one.
3: That makes us feel better, Tim. To know that even you can make a mistake, we can get on with it now and uh, not worry about all the mistakes we make. And the big tone's
2: about to wander in, and we'll be able to find out exactly what year... He uh, sang at the grand final. And what song? Maybe get him to belt it out for us. I'd love to know what he sings.
0: (laughs) We're going to go Googling during this break. Don't go away. We've got a football match, among other things. But uh, we will see if we can just find that performance by Big Tone. Grand final day, middle of the MCG, sometime in the 1980s. The Eagles have made their entry. The Blues are out there warming up. And match time is 10 minutes away. You'll hear it all here because 3AW for McDonald's is football.